0: Welcome to I'd Rather Stay In with your hosts, Megan Myers and Steffi Predmore. This week's topic is college. Stay tuned. Hi, Steffi.
1: Hi, Megan. How's it going? (laughs) Um, my husband for dinner made risotto in using the sous vide
0: uh how does that work like in a
1: packet fucking slapped yeah he like put all he hadn't done it he hadn't done it before they at work they do it in the oven a lot um but he had not used the sous vide to do it i i assume he found it on chef steps um which is we have their the jewel which is like their sous vide or whatever maybe he found it on a different spot on the internet but i'm assuming it was probably chef steps anyway um yeah he just like put everything into the plastic bag and then popped it in the water bath
0: and Interesting.
1: it was perfect hmm and then he finished it off with a little and it, it was just like a plain like a like a like a regular like Parmesan risotto. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he finished it off with a little lemon zest. And then he sautéed up some of the high curry turnips from the CSA and seared some scallops. And it was one of those evenings where I was very, very happy in my choice of life partner. It's very fancy. Yes. It was Delicious.
0: I have I I don't have a sous vide so I've I've never cooked anything sous vide but I have made risotto in the instant pot before.
1: Oh, see, I've never done that.
0: It does <clears throat> it does turn out surprisingly.
1: Yeah, so. you know, for something that has to be babysat so much on the stove, um, there's a surprising number of hands off ways that you can make it.
0: Yeah, I haven't done it in the oven either. I should. I always meant to, and then I never got around to, and then I got an instant pot, so. But I do still like to make it on the stove sometimes.
1: I do. I really like making risotto. I find it, like, kind of soothing. Yeah. It's just you kind of get into, like, a zen with, the, with all the stirring. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I also keep meaning to try the oven method, although we are entering the time of year when Alex protests turning the oven on, basically, at all, um, which is super convenient when your wife likes to bake a lot Uh, um yeah uh anyway sous vide it works so if anyone has a sous vide you can make risotto or if you're like gee i don't know what i'd use my sous vide for the answer is a shitload of stuff so
0: i still have it still seems strange to me because everything takes so long
1: um, yes and no. I mean, yeah, sometimes... Well, I actually don't think the risotto took any longer than it would have on the stove. Oh, okay. Um, that, it, like, it, like, it really took about the same amount of time. But also, it's a very, like, hands-off thing. So you can just, like, throw something in, and then it'll just, like, rock, and you can go about your life one time he did corned beef and that cooked for two days and we just did our we just lived our life it was fine
0: see but then you have the stove on for two days
1: right or is it electric how does no it's electric yes okay so Okay. For some, of them I've seen,
0: some of them I've seen that it is on the stove situation. No,
1: so his is like a little wand and it could look like something else. <laughs> um, so just imagine what that other thing looks like and that kind of is what a sous vide looks like. Um, and then we just have, so sometimes he does it in like our big like pasta pot um, but we have a couple of like plastic containers um, like... Um, cambro containers is what they're called like they'd use at the restaurant um and you just fill that with water and then you put the little thing in and then his is controlled from an app and so you just pick what temperature it's going to cook at and um then once it's done you can like set the timer as well so it'll go off when it's done um but you put whatever you're cooking in your plastic bag. So um, sometimes, so like a lot of times in restaurants, um, it'll be like using a vacuum sealer. Um, so you could use your a vacuum sealer if you have one. Or um, the thing that a lot of people don't like realize is that if you just put it in like a regular like Ziploc bag, once you submerge it under the water, the water naturally pushes all of that air out. Um, so it like kind of automatically vacuum seals it um, and so we just use Ziploc bags um, and then you just let it rock in there uh, if you're gonna cook it for like a really long time he'll put like plastic over the top so that all of the water doesn't evaporate but yeah and it's a really gentle the, it, the circulation of the water just like very gently cooks the food um, but it's also a really great way to get things that are hard to get perfect, absolutely perfect. So we almost always cook steak in there because we can get it a perfect mid-rare and then he just will sear it super quickly on either side when it comes out so you get the crust. Um, We have done, uh, like we'll do fried chicken sandwiches and we'll cook like chicken thighs in, Pickle brine, in in the sous vide. So then, like the flavors that you've, because pretty much anything that you put in there will, that gets like vacuum sealed in there with the food, adds to that flavor. It like takes on that flavor. So we'll cook the chicken in like pickle juice, pickle brine, whatever, Um, and then we fry it off for the sandwiches. But since the chicken's already cooked through, all you have to do is like get the coating crispy you don't have to worry about like i'm gonna serve someone raw chicken in their sandwich um soft boiled eggs are really perfect to do in there too because you can get them like the perfect level of soft boiled that's a lot harder to do on the stove there's many tricks you can do if you're a little bit of a culinary nerd and they're actually not that expensive they used to be more expensive but they're pretty affordable so, there you go. There's your culinary lesson for the day. Fantastic. That literally, no a one bit asked smarter for now. <laughs> literally, no one asked for this, but here you go.
0: I mean, yeah. that's really why they come to the podcast, is for random, well, random res- knowledge.
1: Right. And then, so in restaurants, <laughs> obviously. So, in restaurants, um, a lot of times what they'll do for like cooking and steaks is they will use their immersion circulators, their sous vides to to get them cooked through so then when a guest orders the steak they pull them out of the water bath and then they finish them to order to you know so then they're getting that sear on them cooking them a a little bit extra if somebody wants their steak a little bit more done than like a mid-rare um but it keeps them it gets that perfect You know what most guests are looking for that mid rare to medium um and without them having to like spend a lot of time doing it on the fly as they're being ordered cool there you go i just spent 10 minutes talking about immersion circulation so (laughs) i'm sorry if we lost everybody at that point megan how are you
0: I am good. I discovered that there are are birds that have nested in one of my hanging plants. I fucking Um, hate birds. I have a a beautiful wraparound front porch. I was very excited about it when we bought this house, and there were hooks for hanging plants. And so I bought some hanging plants a couple weeks ago. I uh, realized today that uh, you have to water them. Um,
1: yeah it's funny how plants do need
0: water <laughs> well i mean right after i got them it rained for a while so i didn't really need to water them because i got the rain but yes. um uh i can't reach them because Was the too, main problem because i too am too short nuggety. <laughs> and so uh i asked my husband to like take them down so we could put up these extension hooks and so we could water them and all the things. And he goes to do it and he's like, well, there's eggs in one of them. So
1: Oh, no. Like,
0: (laughs) oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) Oops. Because we saw a bird going in there some day last week, I believe, when we were hanging out on the porch. Yeah. But we thought maybe they were just, like, going to get, like, some you know leafy stuff or whatever to go making us somewhere else oh nope nope, no, nope making it right there
1: oh oops I well it could be worse it could be it could be on your front door my I remember growing up because my mom always had like a beautiful seasonal wreath on the front door And I remember there were a couple of years where birds made nests in the front door wreath and then you couldn't use the front door because the stupid fucking birds were there.
0: I mean, I did leave my Christmas wreaths up uh, for an extended period of time because, first of all, they still looked really nice. Yes. And also, I'm kind of lazy about certain things. So Oops. I had just been leaving them up and that was a concern, but they were fine. There were no birds in that. But apparently, <laughs> apparently
1: it could have happened.
0: <laughs> taken the opportunity to live in my plants instead. Oops. Oops. I think actually they might have been the birds that did previously have a nest in the like under the awning
1: Oh, so part of like, the porch. Look at this other spot. Look at
0: this nice home that she left out for us.
1: So basically, if we drive by your house and all of your plants, your hanging plants are lower except for one, that's why.
0: I think he still lowered it, but okay. we'll see. I'm not sure. I haven't got out to check. There's only two hanging plants because when, so when we bought the house, there were more hanging plants hanging, mm-hmm. but they only left two of the hooks in the, the ceiling beams. Sure. <laughs> uh, I don't really know why. The hooks are also... Like, they're in the garage, I believe. So the hooks still exist. They're just not in the porch anymore. So we had to put them back up if we want to put up more plants. Um, so eventually, we will have more. But uh, I have to figure out how to work around the fact that I am very short. And my porch <laughs> <Yeah>. is tall. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm <and> like... <laughs> How can you get the ho- the watering can and the hose and the you need like an extension hook? Yeah.
0: Well, fine. yeah, and there's no hose on this on this on the front side of the house. Oh yeah,
1: that makes it even trickier.
0: So <laughs> I can't just like shoot it up in the air, you know? Just like
1: go, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hope it <laughs> like hits did- the plant. Right, like you did when you were what, a kid.
0: <laughs> it's hundred percent. How I still water things if I don't want to. Pull the hose further into the yard.
1: I want to walk further. Here we go. Thumb over the hose. Right. Perfect.
0: Just arc it. It'll get there.
1: Oh man. Well, best of luck. I expect updates on your bird nest situation. (laughs) So today we're going to talk about college yeah uh, which is a thing that we both did.
0: <laughs> it's been a while, but yes, we did. Uh, yeah
1: we we both have varying amounts of time that we have been out of college no longer in school. Um, but we thought we would talk a little bit about it because, you know, I know for me, especially, and I believe that you were probably in this grouping generation as well. um of the you have to go to college. You oh, have to absolutely. go to college. Right. Like you have to go to you have to go to college or you'll never get a decent job.
0: You'll never you'll never get anywhere. You'll nothing never get anywhere. You'll Your life will be horrible.
1: You will be working at McDonald's for forever, which I want to be extremely clear. There is absolutely nothing wrong with working at McDonald's, but at the time that was sort of used as the Oh my gosh! Don't you want to do something besides work flipping burgers at a fast food restaurant? Yes, you know it was whatever. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. I hundred percent remember this argument. hot
1: uh-huh, lot like, Yeah, like I think many millennials and that sort of Gen X, the Zenial group, um, I think probably has heard the same speech from everybody. Like. It wasn't just from parents or grandparents, but like we heard it, and from our teachers and our guidance counselors and our principals and everybody and the media
0: and the media everything.
1: And yeah, it was definitely
0: everything. it was definitely a big deal. It was it's interesting though because it was such a big deal that you should go to college. Everyone should go to college. Mm-hmm. If you want to do anything, you need to go to college. Mm-hmm. But then, at least in the case of my school. I feel like they did not really help you that much Mm. when it came to actually getting into college (laughs) and like figure like navigating the whole application system, the scholarships and the grants (sighs) and all of that. I feel like they helped people who knew to go to the counselor to talk about it. But if you didn't if you didn't already know what you needed to know then you weren't, you were out of luck. Like, because yeah. I, so my parents both did not graduate from college. Um, and my brother did, he, my brother did go, but he didn't graduate. But like, so it, it wasn't a big thing in my family where like it, we knew what to do. Right. And that is, still a barrier today for a lot of people yeah but just the fact that back then it was just like oh if you don't go to college like what are you doing with your life
1: you're gonna be a failure
0: yeah
1: straight yeah yeah, that was the message and whether those were the exact words that were used or not that was that was the message and you know I because I have a number of friends that were first generation college students um I have I think on my dad's side, my dad might have been the first maybe to get his college degree um, or, or you know, to go to college. Um, but on my mom's side, all of my mom's, all four of my mom's grandparents were college graduates. So there's a long history on my mom's side of getting your college degree, um, even Back in the twenties when women literally just like went to
0: Got their missus?
1: Yeah, they got their MRS <laughs> degree, right? Um, and so I mean, education is just like the bit the like linchpin of the mom's side of the family. Uh, my great grandmother, the only thing she believed in more than education was eating breakfast. Um so, I mean you know, if you're
0: gonna believe in something, breakfast is a really good breakfast
1: one. Breakfast is a really, really <laughs> good one. Uh, still, when I don't eat breakfast, I am like, "Mama's gonna come back and haunt me." Uh, so, uh, so I went to a private liberal arts, small private liberal arts school. You went to a public university, right?
0: Yeah, I went to a large public state school.
1: Yeah. So we have, like, pretty different experiences. Um, what led you to your school?
0: Uh, again, I will reiterate that I am lazy about certain things. <laughs> 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 and it's a couple – it's it's a few things, actually. But um, there were other schools that I wanted to go to, and they were all uh, – private liberal arts schools that we could not afford, Yeah. Um, especially because they were out of state. They were far away. Uh, It was just not going to be possible for me to go there at all. Um, And so the school that I ended up going to, first of all, had a automatic acceptance algorithm. OK. I don't know if they still do or not. Probably not, because it's actually not very tenable. But they um, they had a thing where if your grade point average was high enough, you automatically got in.
1: Oh.
0: Um, and at the time, the school had a, so I went to the University of Minnesota, the University of Minnesota and the University of Wisconsin had a reciprocity program Mm
1: -hmm.
0: where if you went if you're from Wisconsin like I was Mm -hmm. if you went to school at the University of Minnesota you only had to pay University of Wisconsin tuition price oh
1: so basically in-state tuition yeah
0: you paid in-state tuition um and it was cheaper actually so that was part of it too Uh, unfortunately for people from Minnesota who would go to Wisconsin, then they'd have to pay more. Oops. (laughs) Um, but I I think they got rid of that policy as well because it's, uh, not quite that fair in the end. Um, and also the University of Minnesota did not really need to get extra people going to it. It's a pretty large school. So I think my freshman class was like 5,000 people. So (gasps) Jesus Christ. (laughs) <laughs> they did not need extra people applying to their school. For
1: reference, people, that is twice the size of of your my whole enti- school. Probably. Of my entire university. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and also that was where my brother went. Yeah. So I kind of just went for like the um. I I almost want to say the path of least resistance. Hey, when it worked. Choosing college. Yeah, it worked. It was fine. They had my major that I wanted at the time, and uh, it's fine. And so yeah. that's where I went.
1: And you had a fine experience.
0: And I had a fine experience. It was. Uh, I I really love Minneapolis. It was a mm-hmm. great place to live and go to school. So I really loved it for that. Um, I bounced all around in different departments for a while. <laughs> uh-huh. But uh, I, I did really enjoy my time there overall.
1: And you did not go there to meet a husband. But you did meet a husband.
0: I did not go there to meet a husband. Um, and <laughs> there's and like so many stories. And here we are. And <laughs> well, here we are. It's, it's funny because um, even before we got engaged and stuff, we were together, but I was basically like telling him, "When I graduate from college, I am leaving town. <laughs> so, Bye. like, with you or without you, that's <laughs> what I'm doing." Uh, so he just follows me around the country, basically now. Um,
1: <laughs>
0: but I did I, meet my husband. I <laughs> it was it was totally random because we were we were both taking Hebrew class, which is a very long story. But that's how we met um and the rest is history i guess uh it's also weird because he actually went to tech school right out of high school and had an associate's degree in drafting Mm -hmm. and then he decided to go back to school and get a degree a full degree in computer science and i i took a few years off in between my freshman year and my sophomore year so Mm -hmm. it's like it was very strange because he had a weird timing situation and I had a weird timing situation and we still ended up like meeting each other
1: some people would call that fate
0: call it what you will (laughs) (laughs) yeah well you
1: your kids are probably happy that happened because now they exist
0: that is very true. Yes, I'm sure they're <laughs> happy that they exist. But my college, it, aside from, the, like, I did enjoy college, but uh, I th- we'll talk a little bit more about this in a minute, but uh, the taking the time off thing was, like, probably the best decision I could have possibly made for my life.
1: Yeah. Well, I let's, think. you know what, let's just talk about that now because I know that there okay. are a lot of people who take, gap years um I have a friend that really hates the term gap years but that's just that's another tangent for another time um so but that wasn't really I think it's become more popular
0: I think it's definitely more popular now but it 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 wasn't a thing really when I was going to college because of the whole like you have to go to college Mm -hmm. and if you don't go to college right after high school then you'll never go to college Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's still like the gloom and doom situation. And so the idea of taking a year to like just kind of figure out, you know, you just went to school for 12 years. Right. And so the idea of just taking a year to figure out who the heck you even are was not a thing. And I think it is super important. And I almost think that people should, I think it should be promoted more often and I almost think that people should just do it instead of going to college. Um, like, it should be a requirement. Like, you can't go to college until you've been out of high school for a year. Because right. you don't know who you are when you're 17 or 18.
1: Yeah. Well, and you, you have found, no idea. You found um, something that says that students who have done gap years are more likely to graduate in four years versus the national average of six years. Um, because they're they've spent that time kind of figuring out what they really want to do. And so they can actually go in feel confident about what their major is and not spend their time bouncing around changing majors every semester until they figure out where they really are. Cuz I mean, I went into sc- I mean, I went into college as a declared English lit major and then in three minutes was like oh fuck no um (laughs) I mean literally in during first year orientation I was sitting there with all the other English majors and I looked at the list of required reading that like they just listed out all like basically all of the books you would be required to read over the course of however many years and I was like I don't want to read this shit And so, like, by the end of freshman orientation, I was like, yeah, no, I don't want to be an English lit major. And so within, like, three weeks, I had changed to declare as a Spanish major. But, like, I think so many students – and it worked out for me. Like, I – Spanish was – it was a great – it was a great major for me. Um, But, you know, there are – like, I went into school – I didn't even know, for example, what anthropology was. I, I came from, like, a tiny little high school. Like, that we had never talked about anthropology. Like, I had no idea that was a thing. And it was something that I ended up taking a lot of classes in and really loved. But I absolutely never would have gone in thinking, like, I'm going to be an anthropology major. Because I didn't even know what the fuck that was.
0: Yeah, I think especially... You know? I mean, my school was so big, so they had tons and tons and tons of majors, and yeah. they were, there were. I kind of majored in Scandinavian studies.
1: Right, like,
0: there's no way you would have known that coming out of high school unless no. you happen to have parents that like are very into acad- academia and like right. know what colleges offer. But and,
1: and we're also Scandinavian studies professors or something.
0: Right. <laughs> like. But yeah, like anthropology, I mean, I kind of did because I studied archaeology for a while. Like I was just kind of into that stuff. But then like, I don't even know. I don't know. There was just so much stuff. There's so many topics like political yeah. science. I didn't even realize you could just major in political science. And kinesiology. And
1: oh, uh-huh
0: nutrition and like you can major in nutrition without trying to become a nurse. And I was like, right. There's, there was a, I, a part of the reason why I really liked college is just because I was able to take such a wide variety of classes. And if I had stayed in college as long as I wanted just to take classes, I would have never graduated.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um. I love, I mean, I love the learning and like I, I would absolutely, if I could just like go audit college classes, Mm-hmm I do it all the time oh yeah Yeah. I would love that
0: the other thing about for me for taking time off aside from so the main reason I had to take time off is because I didn't have any more money to pay for school
1: (laughs) I mean that's fair and I think a lot of people run up against that
0: yeah so I took two years off um but when I came back It wasn't just that I knew what I wanted to do, more or less, because I also changed my major later on again. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, like, was focused, and I actually did my homework, and I actually cared about doing well. When I took my freshman classes, I was so burnt out from high school that I did not give a crap about any of it. Right. Because I had been in the gifted program since I was, like, seven and it's just that like you must push yourself further thing pressed upon you for your entire life Mm -hmm. and uh, that doesn't work for everyone
1: (laughs) no it doesn't and i'll say i mean i did not take any time off i went straight from being a, a child in gifted programs and AP classes and valedictorian of my high school class and which sounds like a brag but my high school class was like 150 people it really was not that impressive and then went straight into a my private liberal arts school which is which is a pretty it's like a it's a nerdy school it's we are not a we're not a party school it's not a it's it's a I won't I don't know if academically rigorous is the right term but like it's a nerdy school and proceeded to push myself for that 4 years and really it wasn't it wasn't coming from my family it wasn't coming from my parents it was all very internal for me of I have to graduate summa cum laude like all of this shit by the time I got to the end of that, I was so burnt out. I mean, I was burnt out by the time I got to my junior year and spent the next two years basically being like, can this shit just be over? Can <laughs> we just, can we just be fucking done? Because I was so exhausted. Yeah. Like I, like I got to the end and I was like, there's no way I could ever go to grad school because why would I want to do
0: more school after all of this? Yeah.
1: I'm so tired of this crap. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like I think there's... the thing too is that part of the whole narrative of you have to go to college to get a good job, blah 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 blah. How many how many people do you know are in jobs that directly relate to their major?
1: Therapists? Doctors, therapists and like other medical doctors.
0: Okay, um, well, people that and not people that you hire.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Literally. Like that's it. Like it's people, it's like doc like I know therapists and doctors and lawyers, and they're the ones, well, and even like lawyers, like you can do any number of undergraduate degrees and then still go to law school. Right. Um, a la El Woods. But um like There are so few nursing, like medical things and it's basically
0: like medical shit. Right. I mean, Bob, technically. Yeah. I was going to say Bob. I know Bob. But also, I mean, at this point (laughs) to have a job like his, you don't need a degree anymore. Right. Practically, because so much of it you just can learn Mm -hmm. and it's not necessarily something you would learn in a classroom. So it's just so weird to me that we are. It's good because I think we're not pushing it as much, mm-hmm. and I know that I'm definitely trying to not push it on my kids. Um, but it the fact that people are finally like recognizing, oh, by <laughs> we actually don't need to go to college to get the job that we want because you're probably going to major in something that's going to be not at all related to the job you end up in.
1: Right, and like, and then we have my husband. Who has a degree in exercise science and kinesiology um, and from a, a school with a very very strong kinesiology program um, and he worked in that field for a couple of years and then completely pivoted and now he works in a restaurant where very clearly you do not need a degree I mean he has colleagues who have gone to culinary school but that is extremely expensive and quite frankly Unless you are specifically going to go work in like a Michelin-starred restaurant um, where there is a little bit more barrier to entry in those jobs, it's not really necessary. You can learn if you really want to learn and you're willing to do the hands-on work on the job to learn. You can learn everything you need to know on the job.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: I mean, his, his degree... That, and that's not to say that his time at college was completely useless, He has, I mean, aside from, like, all of the social things, like, there's a lot of stuff that he got from his college experience that he takes with him into a professional experience. Um, But it's not necessarily the piece of paper.
0: I think there's a lot about, I mean, just the college experience in general is so much about growing up. Yeah. And... Learning how to human basically, yeah, and I think that is really what a lot of people, you know, when they think about college and how if they're nostalgic for it, that is really the experience that you're looking back on. You're not being like, Oh, yeah, I love that lecture hall, so amazing. You're I do thinking think about, about some classes
1: that I really loved, but well, again,
0: I'm a super nerd. classes, but <laughs> not the like 200 people lecture halls. I did not, it's enjoy actually those.
1: really funny because, um. So Alex and I I had, you know, very different college experiences just in many, many different ways. But he was laughing because, like, his school, he went to – so our schools are, like, a mile down the road from each other. But I went to the little small nerdy school, and he went to the state school. And when they have homecoming, it's, like, all about the football game. It is all about the tailgating. It is all about, like, let's go – you know pre-game let's tailgate let's and then afterwards we'll get together like we'll drink 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 and at my school yes there's a football game but I can't tell you anybody that actually goes to it because when we do homecoming it's like let's get back together with all of our professors we really loved and like maybe have some wine and cheese and no
0: that's weird (laughs) it was
1: like Dying <laughs> over uh, my my best friend from college and I like going back to homecoming and being so excited to like see our professors and like talk to them. He's like, "You're
0: such a fucking nerd." <laughs> First of all, I cannot imagine having a social function with one of my professors. <laughs> that is just weird.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's also. I mean, that's that also was a big difference of going to a very small school um, was the class sizes. Um, I think the largest class I ever had was my freshman psych. I took like psych 101 or whatever for one of my gen eds. Um, And I there were probably 40 students in that class um and i think that was like the biggest class i ever had many of my many of my classes especially like as i got to like my junior and senior years and they were like my my major level classes i think i had one spanish class that was like there was like five of us in the class and so <laughs> when when you have like and that was with the professor that i'd had a few times already and so like you really get to know your professor. One of my college professors came to our wedding. Like, you know, I still keep in touch with him. Like he would have students over to his house for dinner. Like he would have, you know, his, it was, he was an anthropology professor. He'd have like his anthropology major students over um, a couple times a year for a dinner at his house. Like there's a different level of relationship that you establish. With a professor, when there's like six of you in a class, versus when there's like six hundred of you in a right.
0: class.
1: <laughs> so that's, I mean, that was definitely that definitely contributed to like some of the differences of like, oh yes, I have X Y Z professor I want to see, and Alex is like, I don't, I don't know, maybe there's one. I don't, I don't fucking know. <laughs> but then also, my school comes a knock-in for those alumni donations a whole lot more often than Illinois State does.
0: Yeah, my school randomly started sending me the alumni magazine for my department. And I was like, why? First of all, they had not sent it to me for like 10 years. And then all of a sudden they started sending it to me. We found her! Right? (laughs) We didn't know where she was, but now we have her address. (laughs) um you don't need my money school you already got my money I went to school there that is how you get my money (laughs)
1: that's how you get your money I used to this this is somewhat tangential but I so I used to give to my school and not a ton um and it was only when I really had the the extra income so it's only been in the you know in a in recent years um and i used to be involved a little bit more involved with um some programs um particularly that impacted the female students um and female identifying students on campus um but i have recently divested from that because uh well for a lot of reasons but um You know, sometimes when you go, depending on the school, particularly if you go to a private institution, the administration speaks the language of money. And they follow the donors. And they do what the donors want. And if people stop donating, then because they are acting like racist dickwads, um. Then sometimes that speaks louder than just saying, "Hey, can we not act like racist dickwads?" So I had to make the decision that, like you know, I really enjoyed my time at school and have a lot of great memories, but it's not. The school is not the same as it was when I was there, and they're doing some things that I think are extremely problematic, and I'm not okay with. And I'd be like, you know what? I literally wrote them an email, and I was like, until this changes, you don't even bother contacting me. Take me off of all of your email lists. Don't call me. I'll call you. (laughs) It did work, too. My number of uh, emails decreased significantly. (laughs) But anyway, I, you know, so that's I think that is also a difference of between that, like public and private is what happens after you leave? How much are they going to come a knocking?
0: Well, so our, our school does not really, you know, hassle us too much, but I did live in Texas for 10 years or 15 years. And, uh, you know, basically life is all about UT during yeah. the school year and that was the alumni for u t man Oy. I have never i don't know that I, there's any i mean sure maybe there are, but i i don't I've definitely not experienced a more fervent group of alumni than the u t alumni and for I mean there's certain things about u t that are really great, but there are tons of things that are extremely problematic yeah, um. And just recently, they've basically they've been having some problems about uh, whether they should continue on with their kind of racist school song, and um, <laughs> they basically bowed down to the alumni about yeah. it. Um, it's a little bit more complicated than that, but uh,
1: but sometimes it's, sometimes it's a little bit more complicated than that, but not really that much more. But not complicated really. Than basically, yeah. It's the a lot of times it's the straight white men Mm -hmm. who got their business degrees and they have those deep pockets Yeah, and they I know at least in the case of my school often they were um, from a few specific fraternities and they want to see All of their programs that they were involved in continue, and so they funnel money into those things. And so those fraternities often don't get, um, they often don't face consequences when they act horribly um, because, oh my gosh, we don't want to anger the alumni because they might stop giving, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Yeah, yeah that that's part of the course there's a really a really good business school at ut and there's a lot of oil money in texas so mm-hmm. it's a lot of uh and also football is like the thing yes so it's all tied in together and um it's really disappointing for our, all of my friends who went there and have uh more progressive ideals and goals that they wish that their school could represent
1: Right. And it is it is really disappointing, especially, again, like, if you had a really positive experience and you had any particular affinity for your school to then see that it's becoming a place that you wouldn't want your children to go um, without, like, significant changes, that's, it's a disappointing thing. But again, like, I also think that we're coming into a time where are we going to push... kids to go to college I don't know I also think the other thing that I think I think a lot of things the other (laughs) thing I think on this particular topic is I think that we are we are starting to really examine how we frame different jobs so like I said at the top of the episode you know for like our generation they used flipping burgers at a fast food restaurant as like the lowest thing that you could do. And that was what was you were going to do if you only had your high school degree. And I think we're coming into an age where like we're understanding that there is nothing wrong with that being your job. That there's not, it's not like a, well, here are our skilled workers. Every job requires a level of skill. And I think that I think that, uh, gosh, what's his name? Dan Price is that his name? Yes. Um.
0: So we love Dan Price. <laughs> we
1: we we love. I want to say we stand Dan Price, but I don't know if that's the right use of the word stand. Um. But I, I think it is. But
0: I think I don't know if the kids are still using that.
1: That's uh, hard to say. We're the olds. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Um. So, we, he's the CEO of Gravity Payments. Um, and he's a pretty awesome dude. We both follow him on LinkedIn. I also follow him on Instagram. I don't know if you do as well. I also follow him on
0: Instagram and on Twitter.
1: Um, so, oh, so you're like an even bigger fan. <laughs> um, oh, so he, I, I just looked it up. He says, um, he had a post last week that said, there's no such thing as a, quote, low-skill job, only low-paid jobs. I say that as someone who's worked at as, as a prep cook at an Outback Steakhouse and as a CEO. Both required hard work and skills. And so I think, I think we're coming into, and I, I hope we're coming into, more of an age where there's less of a delineation between, like, this is these are the skilled worker jobs that you can get with your college degree versus like here are the jobs that maybe do require a little bit more specialty education but that doesn't make them that they don't have any more inherent like value than the jobs that don't necessarily require the same the same level of education. Do you know what I mean?
0: I do know what you mean. And I think one thing that has really helped promote this idea is the pandemic. Yeah. Um, because obviously doctors and nurses are extremely, extremely important. But also it showed how important grocery store workers are. It showed mm-hmm. how important restaurant workers are to people. Mm-hmm. And especially now that we're coming out of it and the minimum wage has become a sticking point for a lot of people as it should be because it's preposterously low that people and people are seeing, you know, fast food places that are either short staffed or completely closed because people have quit because they don't want to work for peanuts. Right. And they get super angry about it because they can't get a cheeseburger. Right. So it's interesting because on the one hand, they denigrate the people that work there, but they also very much want the thing that those people they feel would be given to them. Yes, right. exactly. They feel
1: entitled to that thing, that, that service that they're providing. Um, you know, I think also our generation has been saddled, just speaking sort of generally across the board, our generations have been saddled with so much student loan debt
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And because college has become so expensive, like, I just looked up what the current cost of my university is, and I wanted to pass out. <laughs> um,
0: How much, and, how, what percent, do you know what percentage it went up by? Uh,
1: From when I was in school? Yeah. So when I, uh, like, tw- well... If I'm remembering correctly, approximately what it was when I was in school and what I'm seeing here as the 2019-2020 undergraduate tuitions and fees, it's like a 25% increase. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, uh, not a I.
0: Out. So when I went to school, it was like, I think I just recently had checked what ours were when mm-hmm. we were talking about college most recently in our household. And it went up by like, I don't know, 300% or like some insane, maybe not 300%. I don't know how to do math and percentages, Guys, <laughs> <laughs> I was not a math major. Okay. We
1: did language, you guys.
0: Um, But it went up in some insane amount. Cause it was like maybe $2,000 a year or something when I went to school the first semester. And now it's, definitely not it's not 10 times that but it's at least five times that right now so like
1: so the so the private universities around our area um they're they're ranging and this is just with a super quick google search you guys i'm just this has not been like fact checked but super quick google search is showing the low end of $35,000 $35,000 and the high end of $50,000. Um,
0: That's painful.
1: Uh-huh. And my school does not necessarily give great financial aid.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> I definitely had one of the highest scholarships in my class and it still was only like 12000 a year. Um, which was still only like it's I mean that didn't even come close close to covering all of it um and so you know like all that to say school's fucking expensive and I think that you know our generation as we're as we are seeing that because of student loan so much student loan debt and it, our degrees may or may not make a huge difference in getting a job that pays a lot of money out of college. Like, I know so many people that they have postponed buying houses and getting married and having kids because of all of this. I think that that is dramatically going to change how our kids, how we, like, teach our kids to view college.
0: I think so, too. Because it's, aside from, you know, the cost of college itself, there's so much extra cost associated with it I mean there's mm-hmm. you have to live somewhere you have to suddenly feed yourself so it's not just tuition it's everything else that goes along with it and then books are like a thousand dollars a year oh my god so expensive. It's, <laughs> it's it's a lot of things but I know that in our house whenever it comes up because my kid's 13 and so every once in a while he's like panics about college <laughs> <laughs> um we try to be like you know like you don't have to go to college if you don't want to. And if you don't even know what you want to do, like wh- why why go to college if you don't know what you want to do?
1: Please don't waste anyway.
0: money. <laughs> right. Well, and that's the other thing too is that there's a you know whether your parents help you or not then because when I was a kid a lot of my parents didn't really they gave me some money for college but not, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't definitely didn't pay for all of college at all and I part of the reasoning was that my dad was like you will appreciate it more (laughs) if you have to like pay for it yourself Uh which on the one hand yes that is very true because I had to work really hard to be able to go to college Mm -hmm. at the time I did not like that idea
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah this doesn't sound so great to an 18 year old
0: no um but as we are trying to prepare our kids for going to the college and they do have college funds, I'm trying to also prepare them and my husband with the idea that we are not paying for all of college. Yeah. Or if they don't go to college, we are not paying for all of whatever it is they choose to do. Like, right. they, we will help them, but... As uh, a lot of financial experts remind you is that you can get a loan for college even though loans suck but you can get a loan for college and you can't get a loan for retirement. Yeah. So I think there's so many things tied up into deciding whether to go and how to pay for it and you know the kids seeing how our lives are going. Um, I don't know I think there's going to be a lot of interesting shifts over the next few years yeah especially now that we've all done school from home for a whole year yeah and a lot of these colleges you know they're paying their full tuition price to learn from a computer so we'll see what happens yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i definitely it'll it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting and i know i know a lot of these especially the private schools are really having to face the music and figure out what they're going to do because, because, you know, so the the folks that were graduating when the recession hit in 2008, um, again, they put off having kids for a while. And now we're at a point where, those kids should have been like looking at going to college but there's fewer of them so fewer of them are going to college we're also like reaching a point where college is so expensive like there's there's all of these barriers to entry um and it's really impacting a lot of private institutions i know that it has impacted my university in a lot of different ways Um, And so I think a lot of schools are really going to have to figure out how they can pivot or they're going to close their doors, which sucks. Mm -hmm. But I think it is a reality that they're going to have to face because, I mean, a lot of it, like, they can't continue along the path that they are. Um, And I know a lot of schools are cutting programs that – like major programs that just don't make them as much money because it's like the artsy-fartsy kids who get out of school and they don't make as much money as the kids that go in and get their business degrees. (laughs) And so, you know, when you have your artsy-fartsy students and their alumni give you $25 a year, and your business students come back and give you $25,000 a year. Man, that makes it look – I don't know. There's just a lot to it. There's a lot more uh, politics involved in higher education
0: than Oh yeah. you ever I... really
1: think when you're just like a high school student applying to – College and thinking about like what dorm life is gonna be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have plenty of friends who uh, have worked in academia, and it's it's not a fun life. <laughs>
1: no, it's a mess. It's a mess. You do it
0: for the joy. It sounds like,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, well, you know.
0: <laughs> well, if so, I think there's I think there's gonna be a lot of changes over the next few years. I think I mean just in general, I think. I think a lot of stuff is going to be changing and um I, I look at my kid and you know he's an annoying teenager but <laughs> he is he's pretty with it yeah. a lot of the time and a lot of a lot of things that are happening and um I don't know I just I'm I'm looking forward to seeing like what I hate to sound super old here, but I'm like, I'm looking forward to seeing what the kids do with the world.
1: Right. Like, well, no, like I, I am. Am. like, I am.
0: Like, I'm really too. optimistic about them.
1: Well, and, like, it's interesting because we've got your oldest, um, who's 13, your youngest, who's 7, and then we've got Eden, who's 1.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so they're sort of, like, more all closely, like, equidistant. Um of reese down to max and then max down to eden and so it's it's gonna be interesting to see like how those years between them affect all of their experiences as they graduate and like leave the nest yeah over the next i don't I'm like talking about this 18 years
0: she's
1: <laughs> in the other room asleep. And I'm like, no, you don't get to leave oh, my
0: nest. It's going to leave me in 18 years. I can't. Oh my God. Um, but yeah, it's
1: going to be really interesting to see. So I think, I think that, you know, we just spent a lot of time talking about how is college worth it or not. And I'll be honest. I think that that, that answer is going to vary from person to person. Like, you could talk to people who have the same degree and went to the same college at the same time and their answers of whether going to college was worth it for them are going to vary immensely. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think that it'll, it'll be interesting to see how, what that landscape looks like in the future. And I do think that there's still a lot of great things that can come from a college experience even if it's not like a full on four-year degree program. Yeah. You know?
0: One thing know. that I will one thing that I will highly advocate for as we wrap up here is the college or not college experience of living alone.
1: Oh my god, yes.
0: <laughs>
1: yes. I
0: I 100%. think everyone should live alone. Everyone should live alone at least once in their life.
1: Yes. I really, really, really agree with that, especially women.
0: Yes. And I know it's scary, but I think it's so important. Oh, my God. I loved living alone. It was so great. It was great. I loved my little apartment.
1: (laughs) I did. Yeah. I had this, like, little 600-square-foot apartment. It was just me and the cats and it was it was great like I don't know it was and I was only on my own for like a couple of years um, before Alex and I started dating and then we moved in together but it was really it was a really important time for me to learn how to pay all of my pay my own bills and learn (laughs) and learn how to you know I found my apartments on my own and applied for them on my own and like I just did all of these things on my own did I still (sighs) Make my dad take my car to change my oil? Absolutely. (laughs) When my car, most of these things have to do with my car, you'll notice. When my headlights would burn out, would I still go down to the auto zone and flirt with the cashier to get him to actually put the new headlight in the car for me? Absolutely, I did. But (laughs) in spite of that, there are still like things that, you know, Buying my first vacuum. Like, I don't know. Shit like that. Like, there's just. Yeah. There's some really. Learning how to meal plan. Learning how to, like, how much food do I need? How do I cook for how just much myself? How much money
0: can I actually spend to buy the food that I need?
1: Right. Like, what's yeah. left over to go out with my friends? Like, all of these are <laughs> things that I think are really important skills. So, yeah, I totally agree that being on your own is really important and like you could have a roommate i will say like we don't i I think that i think that everybody i think it's an important thing to like
0: so i think there's two things i think it's important to live alone like a completely alone and it's important to also at some point in your life have a roommate that is not your boyfriend that I never slash did. Girlfriend. I mean, slash I did. In,
1: I did in the dorm. I guess that counts. I yeah, fucking, that counts. I, I fucking hated it. It was the worst.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> I hated having roommates. It's a very small space I in but the I will, dorm. I will. I will also. I will also. I mean, I know that. I know that. Like, depending on where people live and what their financial situation is, like, living completely by themselves is sometimes not possible, and so they have a roommate. But often the roommate is sort of like. They literally just cohabitate. There's not, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that when I say live on your own, I mostly mean, like, live financially independent from someone else.
0: Ah. Yeah, I mean completely completely alone.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I do think that that would be super valuable. If you have the financial means to do that yeah i do it's definitely
0: not as easy now than it was when i was in college
1: yeah for sure it's definitely it's
0: definitely uh i think my rent was like four hundred dollars a month god bless you um it was a long time ago it
1: was in the dark ages um So yeah, I mean, if you have the means to finance, if you have the financial means to do so, I do think that that is absolute, I think you absolutely should do that. But Mm -hmm. if you cannot do that, then I do think that at least like living in a, in a way that where you are not financially, where you are financially independent from your parents or, you know, that roommate where like, maybe you share your, you know, you split rent and you split utilities, but. You know, you're still having to budget for your groceries. You're still having to budget for, you know, your clothes and your, all the going out, like all of that stuff. You're still having to, like, figure, you know, figure out, like, okay, if I want to buy this new couch, what's that going to look like, XYZ? I think that that is still, I think that that's really important. So, yeah. It's just, they're just smart skills. Also, you know, and then also, I think it, it, there's some level of, like, knowing how to do that stuff is important. Like, even if you're in a romantic relationship where your partner is in charge of the bills. Like, God forbid something terrible happened to them. You you do need to know how to do this shit. Um, but then also, I don't know, there's, like, a level of you figure out what's important to you. Like, just you. Yeah. And then you can kind of carry that with you into a romantic partnership of like, these are the things that are important to me, not because they were important to my parents, not because they were important to a boyfriend, not because they were important to my sister that I lived with or whatever. They're important. They're, they're my priority things. And how can we balance our priority things how can i advocate for my priority thing or figure out how to compromise it with your priority thing i don't know
0: you know those are their thoughts (laughs) i agree i mean i think it's it's the same thing related to college itself like yeah figure out how to advocate for yourself and figure out your priorities with whether or not you want to go to college like if you want to go Be a motorcycle mechanic. Like, you don't need to go to college for that.
1: Man, can I just tell you, that was the shittiest part of just, like, leaving the nest, was that, like, my mom wouldn't make my decisions for me anymore. (laughs) I'd, like, call her, and I'd be like, I don't know what to do about this thing. And she would be like, honey, I can't tell you what to do. You have to make this decision on your own. And I'm like, but I don't want to. (laughs) She'd be like, that's too damn bad. You have to do it anyway
0: how else are you gonna learn Steffi
1: she's like you have to do this and I'm like I don't I don't wanna oh <laughs> uh, man uh, damn her for giving me good adulting skills <laughs> damn her for loving me enough to let me go and make me be an adult on my own god damn parents <laughs> All right, Megan, what's bringing you joy this week?
0: So I test recipes for work, and this past month involved a pie. Uh, Next month actually is all pies, so I was very excited for the prelude to the Uh pie. And I was fretting about the pie crust because I am notoriously poor at making pie crusts. They're not like the most disgusting pie crust you've ever had or anything like that. I just get really frustrated yeah. because basically I've always insisted on using all butter crusts. Mm-hmm. And butter is a pain in the butt to make pie crusts from mm-hmm. for various reasons. And uh, I have cried over many pie crusts <laughs> in my kitchen it's not hyperbole I literally have cried about pie crust <laughs> but so the recipe that I was testing this for just said to use any pie crust recipe but he did say I like the one on the Crisco can so I was like well I have some Crisco I will make the one on the Crisco can and god damn it if that wasn't the most perfect fucking pie crust I've ever made <laughs>
1: really solid pie crust because I had I had some of it it was a it was a really solid pie crust
0: it was great it it came together perfectly it rolled out pretty great it mm-hmm. came nice and flaky it held up it was cooked on the bottom I made my first lattice with it I was pretty proud of that stupid pie um so, it's funny so it's bringing me joy that the, that I basically like now I've accepted I've accepted shortening in pie crust because it makes beautiful pie crust. It does.
1: This brings me a lot of joy because so I grew up on an all Crisco crust
0: and I grew it, up on a uh, rolled out Pils- Pillsbury crust. <laughs> I do not think we ever made our own pie crust.
1: I, so I grew up with a mom that made pie crust and ruined all of the family for store-bought pie crust. And it was one of, it was one of those things where she would be like, why did I ever start making homemade pie crust? Because now I have to, and I can't get away with store-bought shit anymore. And I was like, no, you certainly can't. Um, She always made excellent pie crust. And so her recipe, her pie crust recipe is slightly different than the like official Crisco recipe, but very, very, very close. So that's what I grew up on with all Crisco. And then As an adult now, I have transitioned, and I do half butter, half Crisco. Um, And I say Crisco very specifically because it is the only shortening allowed in my house. None of this store brand shit. Crisco only. Uh, And because both fats serve different purposes in the pie crust. So right. I do have in half and the and the it's enough Crisco that it makes it easy pretty easy to work with even though it, there's still some butter in it. So I was very excited when you were like I've opened my mind to shortening in my pie crust cuz I was like yes, <laughs> this is the way. Come to my side. I've accepted I it. Cuz I love making pie crust. I abso- I mean there are times when It was so sucks, much more
0: it was so much more joyous yes. to make it that way because yes. I like rolled it out and then I did the little, like you fold it into a triangle and then I put it in the thing and it was yes. like, it worked. I was like, what is happening here? Yes. My mind is blown.
1: It is absolutely. It's yeah. I, cause I definitely have friends that are like, why do you love making pie crust? I'm like, maybe it's cause I have am not an all butter pie crust snob i don't know but when i feed people pie my pies they're never like this is not an all butter crust they're like this pie is fucking delicious this crust is amazing and i'm like thank you i will take all of your compliments
0: i will say though a couple of days ago i was watching instagram stories mm-hmm. and joy the baker was making pie crust Mm-hmm. And she was using a method that she got from someone else. And I'm really sorry to that person. I cannot remember your name. But she was using frozen butter. Oh, uh And she just cut it into chunks, like into tablespoon pieces. And then just kind of worked it all together while the butter was still frozen. She didn't, like, break it up with a pastry cutter or anything.
1: I've seen where people do that except they, like, grate it in.
0: That's different, though. Like, I've done it with the grating, and I've done that with, like, for scones and things, but the butter was still, like, enormous pieces. Interesting. And it was really fascinating to watch. I don't know if she made it a highlight, but um, it was was really cool, and it totally worked out perfectly fine. And so my mind was, again, blown.
1: Totally blown. About pie crust. I love it. I love pie crust. I love pie. It's my favorite. It's my favorite thing to eat and my favorite thing to make, so...
0: Pie is definitely above cake
1: oh uh, like a thousand percent there's like not even a competition this is mind. why we're friends it absolutely is right especially because <laughs> also like we both will just like not eat the frosting on the outside of cake
0: it's <laughs> usually too much frosting it's
1: too much fr- i just need a little bit of frosting just a, just a smidgen just a little yeah just a little bit
0: yes Anyway. Yeah, I do not want a cupcake where the amount of frosting is equal to the amount of cupcake. That's, That's too much frosting. That's It's too much. I will take Whoa. it off. Blech! Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like some people are probably listening and they're like, we're throwing down.
1: I, I know some of the people that are probably, I could probably name some of them. <laughs> Hi, Addie. I love you. I know you love cake, but... <laughs> it's not that we don't love cake. We just like pie more. My
0: problem in general with the whole frosting situation is that... A lot of bakeries put all of their emphasis on the frosting yeah. and or other toppings on top of the frosting and not yes. the cake. And the cake is So then dry. the cake is terrible. Yes. That is my main issue with frosting, to be honest. It straight up cracks me
1: up when I will like make a cake or make cupcakes or something and feed them to people and they're like, this cake isn't dry at all. And I'm like, that's like the fucking lowest bar for me. <laughs> like I don't I mean like thank you I'm glad I've changed your mind about cake but also like to me that's like the low like the lowest of the low bars like
0: yeah anyway anyway
1: I sound like such a culinary asshole in this episode I apologize
0: (laughs) I mean it's like you got the one side with the sous vide and then the other side with like we use Crisco whatevs you know
1: what (laughs) it all has its place like, we contain multitudes we can't contain multitudes i could I, I mean i could be really nerdy and go into the scientific reasons of why the you need both the shortening and the butter and the crust to get that perfect tender flaky crust but i i'll spare you
0: maybe maybe we'll save that for a thanksgiving tips episode oh
1: that's a great idea um somebody write that down
0: um <laughs> Steffi, what's bringing you joy
1: uh i have two things um one your peony bushes are bringing me joy uh, i can't believe i
0: forgot to say my peony bushes
1: i really thought that was going to be your joy um so megan has along the side of their house you like i don't even know how many there are uh
0: the the flowers i tried to count well, it's impossible well or how many bushes
1: how many plants how many there bush- are
0: um I mean, I think I counted them when I trimmed them in the fall, but I don't remember. I mean, there's it's like the, 10,
1: easily a dozen. I would say there's probably easily a dozen. Yeah. 10 to 12 peony bushes just in a row. There's at on least, the side
0: of the yeah. House. I mean, because there's at least 100 flowers on there right now.
1: Oh my God. It's beautiful. They're this like really lovely, like mid pink. They're not like light pink. They're not, because the ones that I, I, one of the ones that I have is like fuchsia. And this is just, like, sort of a mid-shade of pink. And I drove by your house today, and they are in full bloom. I mean, at at least 100 flowers. And I know Mm -hmm. that you've cut a bunch of them to put in the house. Like, they are so... Beautiful peonies are my favorite flowers and they are so gorgeous. I wish I
0: had cut more to begin with because I had only cut a few when they were first blooming, like thinking that they would last a little bit longer, and then all of a sudden, like we woke up over the weekend and they were just like pow.
1: Yeah, it was, yeah, because I think I, like, drove by your house, like, a few days ago, and there was, like, a couple, and then it was just, like, this flood of flowers, and it just made me so happy to drive by and see them because it is, like, absolute goals for me. Um, And then the other thing bringing me joy is both of the dogs went to the groomer today, and they both got baths. And they smell so much better. <laughs>
0: and there's so much
1: less fur because my poor German Shepherd has been blowing his coat because it all of a sudden just got really warm. And so there's just been fucking fur everywhere. And he, you can also like just tell he feels better because it got all the extra fur off of him. And then Anya also got a bath and she just smells so much nicer. So my not stinky dogs That is pretty great. I love a not stinky dog.
0: My dog is not super stinky right now. She had a bath last week because last week it rained a bunch. (laughs) And she decided to roll around in the mud. And she came in the house. It wasn't actively raining either. It was like, it was even like a couple days after I feel like it had stopped raining, but the ground was still kind of moist, I guess. She came in and she was so dirty. My dog is part white. So when she gets dirty, like you can see all of it.
1: <laughs> you All see, of you it. You had a picture on your Instagram stories. And I mean, like it's one of those where it's like, the mud monster has entered the house.
0: She was so happy about it too. There was like a giant splotch on, the, on her neck that was like black <laughs> of dirt. She was thrilled. And then she got a bath.
1: Uh, It reminded me a little bit of uh, today Eden played in the sandbox for the first time and she looked a little bit like mystery. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Afterwards.
0: But then she... It's been dry. But also we've been... We planted grass uh, because a lot of the yard is just like dirt and mulch and nonsense. So we had planted grass and we have it all open now for her to run through. And first of all, she has decided that it is really fun to roll around on my hostas
1: oh sure
0: and then so if you see if you come in my yard and you see some squished ones those (laughs) are the ones she rolls on those
1: are her rolling hostas okay
0: um but then in the grass she just rolls around in the grass for like for uh, forever She was so happy. She'll, like, roll around for a little while, and then she'll get up and sniff it again and roll around again and get up and sniff it again and roll around again. (laughs) She was thrilled. She did that today for, it seemed like, ten minutes. And then she ran laps around the yard, and then she came in the house. She had grass stains all over the top of her head. (laughs)
1: The hazards, from, the hazards of being a white, short-haired dog.
0: I know. It's like, you know, it's fine. The, I, the only reason I can see it is because you're white. So <laughs> I would totally not notice if she was a brown dog.
1: Right. Oh, my gosh. I love it. I wish anything brought me as much joy as just running around like a doofus in the backyard breaks your dog.
0: I know. She's She's a happy girl. Oh, I love that. Well, next week, we are going to talk about the things that we share and the things that we keep private.
1: You know, I think with social media growing and growing and growing, trying to determine that boundary between our public life and our private life has become a little bit harder so we're gonna we're gonna chat about that in the meantime leave us a review on apple podcasts and listen to us on your favorite platform you can also follow us on social media at irsi podcast or send us an email at i'd rather stay in podcast at gmail.com we love to hear from you
0: bye